Welcome to the Creative Health Podcast, a show hosted by two best friends who happen to be married. Or a married couple who happen to be best friends. Either way, it's about challenging people to think, laugh, and create. By having real and authentic conversations about the things that matter most to us. We're your hosts, Courtney. And Corey. And this is episode number seven. Finally. Guess who's back? <laughs> Back again. It's it. We we took about a year off from our from our last episode, but we didn't quit. We are back. Uh, I was um I was prepping for for this episode by listening back to our last our last one we did, which was our summer recap of twenty twenty one, and it was interesting to hear all the um. Number one, we had waited I think four months in between episodes at that point, and it felt like a lot. And I said, um, yeah, we'll have our next episode coming out soon. I promise it's not going to be six months till we release an episode. And here we are, uh, 14 months later, releasing a new episode. So, so an episode seven comes out. Wait, this is episode seven? Yeah. Episode eight comes out <laughs> summer 2024. <laughs> Hopefully not. That's, oh, gosh. How many episodes? I committed 10. You committed to 10. And, and I said in our last one, my hope is that we'll get in a groove and you'll you'll uh, you, you'll feel, you know, kind of get into it. But I don't know if we can really get into a groove if we take a year between episodes. I don't know. Yeah. But that does extend out how long we do this podcast. So I guess in Just a way it's good. Just crank them out, baby. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. So it's been a, it's been an interesting year. You know, there's... Um, we're trying trying to get back into the swing of things. Um, we we said in that podcast we talked about how we we got our garden going. We were doing home projects uh, in the last year. Our garden. How does our garden look now? Uh, <laughs> it looks pretty trashy. And so does our yard. All the all the like everything we talked about in our last episode a year and two months ago has gone a bit downhill. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> we we sucked. We our garden sucked, our yard. Though, you know, the good thing about not doing our yard work, we did have a good plentiful amount of blackberries this last summer. Yes, we did. I harvested blackberries that, you know, we we did we worked so hard to grow. So. Yeah, which most for people who are not in the Pacific Northwest <laughs> may not realize that blackberries grow like crazy here. And if you don't prune them and trim them down, they just pop up wherever. Yeah. Including next to the uh, light pole that's in our backyard. Or what's that thing called? The Yeah, big light pole. Also, like, coming into, invading into our sheds, like, coming yeah. through the material. And they're very it's sharp invasive and species. Yeah. So, but no, delicious. But delicious. So, yeah, that was more of a, like, we, I didn't take care of them. And then happened to look over and we're like, dang, these are growing tons of blackberries. Well, I guess I'll wait a little longer to cut these things down. Yeah, I think you used it as an excuse not to do it. Well, yeah, most definitely. So, you know, there's there's at least a there's a silver. I'm all about the silver linings as much as I can be. Um, so we didn't do podcasts. I didn't have any big races. We were talking all about our my those big races I did. I didn't have any big races, and up until recently, didn't do many house projects. So it, it sounds like we've been in a little bit of a funk, and and I would say that's kind of true. Mm-hmm. Um, we lost motivation for some things, but. A lot of that came really from having a lot of stress and anxiety, kind of each of us going through our own season of that. So you you kind of were first. Yeah, I think I think going through the pandemic felt like it's okay, we can do this. You know, you and I personally didn't have people close to us that were uh, 
severely impacted health-wise by the pandemic or job-wise. And so for us, it felt like a moment, like, let's rally together. We can do this. And then as society kind of re-entered into trying to establish some sort of normalcy, I personally felt like that's when my, like, I held it all together for a year or a year and a half. And then I just started to like crumble. Yeah. <laughs> and it was partly, I think pandemic, uh, um, the pandemic enhanced that feeling, but I think a lot of it was just unhappiness in my job and a variety of professional relationships that just caused additional stress that I then took home and just kind of affected and creeped into all areas of my life. And if you knew me personally, you know the story (laughs) (laughs) because I could not like after like a year of dealing with it, I just, I couldn't not talk about it because it just crept into every aspect of my life. Yeah. Which I hated. I didn't like that piece of part of me, but it just, I could, didn't know how to deal with it or process it or how to take steps forward to help myself. And I just felt stuck. And a part of that was just because the pandemic and um, the job market out there wasn't at the time, you know, flourishing like it is, it has been the last six months or so. When you really shifted into your new job right after or into the even into this role, like during the pandemic, you know, like that was kind of a, there was a lot of things that happened that you, you didn't quite know what it was going to be like. And then you had to try to figure it out. And it was, yeah. I see, yeah, I started a new job in February of 2020. And then four weeks later, the pandemic hit and we all went home. And so I'm trying to start in a new position, a new job role for me, trying to figure out what that is. Yeah. Along with some other factors. And then you kind of, you, you ended up though shifting roles. You're still with U of O, but you moved to a different, different department, different building, different team, and things have, have gotten a lot better. Yes. Significantly. Yeah. Yeah. Just having, having working in an environment, it's just, uh, you know, people can say, oh, your job, you put your job aside when you clock off and you come home. But for me, that's really hard. It feels like very integrated and, I want to have relationships with people in a professional way and also my colleagues, you know, be uh, as authentic as possible with colleagues that I work closely with. And so um, it, it, my job, my job is the things that I do, but then also the people I'm working with are really important to me. And so being where I am now, um, I've shifted into a job that's not communications is now more like executive support. Yeah. Kind of ad- administ- more administrative. administrative. Yeah. It's a little bit more like task oriented. Um, but I do enjoy that piece of it. And then I also just have really great colleagues and a great supervisor um, and just being surrounded by people who uh, want to work hard and get stuff done, but also care about the individual. Mm-hmm. Um really has changed my mood and uh, outlook on career growth and optimism about the future. Yeah, and you still have, obviously, any job, there's still annoyances or things that are, you know, challenging and whatnot, but it's overall a a huge shift, and I've noticed that as well. And so you shifted, you know, last spring, and then pretty quickly after that, I sort of went into a very similar kind of season as you had been in, of different reasons, different different things, but feeling 
very, very anxious, very stressed. And because my, you know, I was in an event space and a lot of, there was a lot of change happening in, in our organization that I was in, in with YFC, I'm still in, um, and a lot of things changed with my job and shifted, shifting responsibilities. And some of it had to do with kind of the fit even of, of my skill set for what I was doing and what the job evolved into. And, um, anyways, I just like you, it sort of took, took, uh, took everything I had to focus on it during work and outside of work. It just seemed like I didn't have motivation for other things or brain space for a lot of other things. And so you then, you know, we're kind of shouldering a lot. So both of us, you know, I'm now in a new role as well where I'm, things have slowed down in a sense for me, like it's just a different feel, different type of work. And I'm feeling like it's a much better fit for my skill set and some different new challenges. Um, I still love my old team and the, and everybody I've worked with, but this is a, um, yeah, just a better fit. So, so now I feel like we're both finally in a space where we can go, okay, let's breathe. Let's get back into some, doing some things that maybe take some brain space out of work that we outside of work that we enjoy doing for me. Um, you know, things like doing podcasts, things like, um, you know, even a lot of social things just felt like a lot of work, even things. I think we would both agree that for both of us throughout those times, making dinner at times, like looking in our, in our fridge and our cupboards and trying to be creative what we, with what we had was sometimes just really hard. You know, it was like, let's order something. That'd be a lot easier. Yeah. I feel like very practical daily tasks were incredibly difficult to even accomplish when, when we're like high, high stress, high anxiety, it just, you're, it's consuming so much of your mental space that you then come home and it's just like physically tired um, and unable to cook dinner or like engage in conversations with family or engage with conversations with friends. And so it just like feels like it almost just sucks your entire life out, which is kind of reflecting back now and being in, you know, being in a new job where I've been there for six months, uh, looking back, it's kind of, for me, it's a little bit like eye opening to see how much, uh, it affects you. And a little bit of a like, gosh, I don't want to get back to that space. I don't want to have that be where, where a job that I'm working 40 hours a week, more or less, is affecting all other aspects of my life and yeah. how I, how who I am as a person and how I interact with others, my friends, my family, that kind of thing. So, well, just that thought of like you're feeling it so much that you get you get done with work and you're like, I can't even like I just can't think about dinner. Yeah. Like I don't have the brain power to even start to think about that. So I'm really thankful that we each kind of like had our main experience of that. Not at the same, quite at the same time. Just back, just <laughs> literally back to back within I mean, was, like a matter of weeks. Yeah. Still very hard. But if you know, like, I don't know what would have happened if we were both in that, we would have just, you know, I, now I can see like the way things can blow up for people, you know, so luckily in each case, we were each able to shoulder some of that burden and, and keep us moving forward. But at the same time, I think, you know, when you weren't motivated to do dinner, I was like, all right, fine. We'll, we'll just order food. You know, it was, it was a good excuse at times and, you know, probably vice versa. 
let's <laughs> not reflect back on our budget for takeout and restaurants in the past year. No, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna get into let's, that. Let's uh, <laughs> avoid. Yeah, let's let's just ignore ignore that little piece. Um, I also think you know it seemed like you know even socially it was. I think hard. I, I think when, you know, we got, when people would invite us or go, Hey, let's hang out. We were like, yeah, let's do it. It wasn't like we were, no, we don't want to see anybody or hang out. But I think both of us didn't have a lot of energy to pursue different relationships that we really wanted to, or people we wanted to. And so, you know, we did a lot of family focused things, which in some way was good, but uh, it feels like now we're at a point where we're like, okay, we gotta, we gotta be with people more. We gotta mm-hmm. branch out. You know, and, and, you know, I'm feeling like, okay, I can finally think about doing some other things. It's interesting. One of the thoughts I had today was how would each of us have responded to that stress and everything five years ago, pre-pandemic, before self-care and mental health and everything was talked about in such a, you know, big way before we were aware of those things. I mean, I, I personally feel like I would have just like, tried to push through, you know, and tried to do everything still tried to deal with the stress, just ignore the stress and everything and still do the creative things, you know, still go be with people and do way too many things and just kind of avoid thinking about it. I don't know. What, would you, I don't know how think back, like how would you have dealt with it? Do you think? I think I would have pushed through and just tried to push it down, you know, put almost like physically push that stress down and just ignore it and try to keep pushing through and minimize my feelings and minimize even the physical effects and the mental effects. Yeah. Well, I think even in the midst of it, it I mean, I'll speak for me. I won't speak for both of us, but it seems like maybe we both had some of this where you, you mentioned earlier of trying to kind of process and figure out in the moment what's going on, you know, like what, what is causing this? I felt like I had these moments of like, I'm questioning all these things and I can't figure out why I'm struggling, you know, to do these things outside of work, why I'm struggling in work or different Mm -hmm. spaces. And, and, you know, and it, I didn't necessarily know how to process it. I'm super thankful, you know, looking back, even, you know, just getting to have conversations with people and be able to process and figure it out. But even, even that we have, gone through the pandemic where people talk a lot about self-care and mental health because they're at least eventually as through conversations, I began to kind of put some pieces together and had some words and, you know, ways to be able to describe or articulate what I was feeling to some degree and then could start to kind of go, okay, I need to take a step back and figure this out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think also knowing we're almost in our Mm forties And knowing that time is different now than it was 10, 15 years ago and, uh, kind of reevaluating and pro like, uh, reprioritizing what is important to us. And, you know, that's us as people, but we know we want to be better people because we want to be better parents. We want to be better friends, better, um, you know, brother and sister or, mm-hmm son and daughter, you know, so as elder millennials and being, you know, close in age with a lot of Gen X, uh, folks as well. Um, you know, we kind of grew up in a space where it was like, no, just suck it up, push through, toughen up. 
you know, you, you didn't necessarily slow down enough to process things or figure things out. You just kind of, you just ignored stuff and kept moving, which is that generational or is that just how you're raised? Well, I think it's, I think it's a bit generational. I mean, I think there's some of that, like the culture was a lot more of a, like just push through, you know, like we weren't stop. people weren't stopping and talking about their feelings a lot as a whole. Yeah. You know, I think this new gen next generations, you know, younger generations are super aware of their mental health and they talk, you know, and, and so it's very, it's a little bit different and it's a, mm-hmm. you know, and so I think that's like the older generations have a hard time with, the, with that shift. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forget we're an older generation now. Yeah. Us, we're kind of in the, in between, but I think, you know, yeah, I, there are some millennials who are having a hard time adjusting too, but that, that kind of makes me ask the question, you know, when I think about, um, self-care, you know, what, what's, is there, is to me, it seems like the line can get a little blurry between self-care and selfishness of like, and, 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 and I think I felt that or wondered about that at times where like, am I being, you know, am I being selfish by stepping back and not doing these things? Am I being selfish by not, um, you know, going and hanging out with people and ju- instead just hanging out with our family at home and doing the, you know, like I would feel a little bit guilty. I feel like five years ago, I'd feel super guilty not doing those things. You know, recently going through that, yeah, you know, I was, you know, I questioned it a little bit, but I didn't feel that guilty. You know, it was sort of the survival mode. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, is it selfish or is it just an excuse that people are using to get out of? Yeah. Cause I always feel like it is when I, other people say it, you know, when I, when I'm feeling it like, ah, I'm not going cause I'm distressed or I don't, you know, fill up to it, but you hear someone else say it and you're like, oh, come on, are you that, isn't that big of a deal? You know? Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, now or early on, I would say, you know, years ago I would have said a question in, internally, is it self-care or is it like an excuse that people are using to get out of commitments or, you know, being a little selfish um, and I think that kind of goes back to both you and I have a little bit of a, uh, drive that's wanting to be high achieving or, uh, somebody that people can count on and being reliable, please people, please, people pleaser. <laughs> yeah. And so I, that's, that's kind of my initial thought too, is like, okay, come on, like buck up, you know? Uh, put yourself aside a little bit for the greater cause. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I also respect people who have those boundaries because they're taking care of themselves in the way that they need it. And maybe that's a way that we don't need, but they mm-hmm. need it in a certain way. Um, people who confidently can do uh, self-care in the terms of being able to say no to things or um, you know, their priorities are different than ours you know, oftentimes people will maybe say no to things in the name of self-care, but also without regard to um, not worrying about what other people think about them, but doing mm-hmm. what's best for them. And yeah. and that way is something that I feel like I continually need to learn is to do what I need to do for myself and for you as my husband and my family um, without worrying about what are other people thinking about me? Am I working hard enough? Am I trying hard enough? Um, am I volunteering enough? You know, uh, 
I don't need to worry about that. I need to worry about what's best for myself and my family um, as the immediate piece of it. So I think in that way, you know, kudos to people who put self-care first. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I think I need to learn. I think I need to learn that better as well. I'm probably a lot older, you know, our, our age and older probably struggle with that more. It seems like with some of the younger generations, I wonder if it's the opposite a little bit. Like if it's so natural to do the self-care that it might bleed into the selfishness thing and not even like feel like selfishness. Um, not to say, I mean, like, obviously I'm not judging every person, like every person has, you know, they know what they need and what they, but you, I don't know. It just, sometimes it's, it feels like you see some of that where, like you said, like it feels a little bit more like an excuse or, you know, like someone just doesn't want to work hard. So they're, gonna... I think, I think you got to be careful not to stereotype generations into, uh, you know, like, first of all, that makes us sound very old. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, I think what you're also trying to say is, uh, and we see this in our 13 year old daughter who is whatever generation, but, uh, are you pushing yourself to be uncomfortable to kind Mm -hmm. of push into new spaces, try new things, get out of your comfort zone? Um, and so I think it's a balance and part of that as we think like, oh, this younger generation doesn't do this, 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 and this, maybe it's also just because their brains aren't fully developed and they're still learning and figuring out who they are, you know? And so they just have a different perspective than we do. And yeah. And I'm not, I'm not disparaging the younger generation. I'm, and I'm, I'm glad you say that though, the way you, you know, talk about being careful because that that's true. I think in, in, in our kids are a good example. Um, I, I think I think about how much all of the sudden for a younger generation coming up, all of a sudden we're talking about all these things so much. They're hearing about it and learning about it in a way different way than we did, you know, yeah. so they're absorbing it differently. So in a sense, you know, I shouldn't be surprised that they're, you know, th- they take it more seriously and, and use it differently than, than I would have. So part of it's on me that I've got to learn and, and grow and deal with it. But what you, what you touched on though, that idea of like pushing through hard things, that's something I'm probably concerned about, like for our kids at times is like, do they have, you know, it's, it's so accepted, you know, by society now to, to be like, it's, it's not right for you. Da, 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 so I'm just not going to do it. And everybody's like, okay, cool. And I think for us, there was, you know, the other side of it and too far often of, no, you're going to do it and you need to finish it and da, da, da. And sometimes what probably would have been best for us would have been to maybe not do some of those things. Right. Um, but you know, where's I want, I want to see the balance, you know, even for our kids of like, you know, um, are they, are they going to be able to push through hard things at times or are they going to just not be able to deal with it? You know? So that's a, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it's a real question and, and it's not putting blame or saying they're wrong, but I just wonder. Yeah. And we can balance more by being, taking more (laughs) self-care. Yes, we can. I guess we can try to model how to do it really well, how to do both things, how to push through hard things while also taking care of ourselves. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, with that said, I mean, as we are more clear-minded and, um, you know, out of that fog and actually have motivation to do things, let's talk about, um, you know, how, how are we moving forward right now? Like, how are we exploring creativity? Um, how are we connecting with people? Like, 
in, in, especially in, in areas or things that we just weren't doing as we were kind of walking through these seasons of stress and anxiety and everything we're dealing with. Yeah. I think, you know, we might've said this before, um, but there's an element to being, I feel like we've been created to be creative people, creative beings, but, um, we need to be inspired and stuff. So not, so like the social aspect of it, like connecting with friends isn't necessarily an act of being creative, but having relationships and conversations and experiences outside of go to work, come home, yeah. sleep, go to work, come home, sleep allows for opportunities for us to be inspired. Um, and so I think that's then for you and I, at least what spurs additional creative uh, endeavors or projects or just small things that give us joy in life. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, there's obviously there's a couple different types of creativity. There's a, the parts that are like a job. Like if you're a writer and that's your job, you just have to write whether you're feeling inspired or not. Like you have to make, it's a discipline. But I think when you're doing things that just give you joy or something that's fun or, you know, it's not necessarily, not necessarily your job, you know, it's harder to do if you don't, if you're not filled in some way and you don't have to be, you can be filled in lots of ways. I think that social piece can do that. I'm not very creative. I've learned about myself. I'm not creative in the sense of like create from scratch. You know, like I, I don't, I'm not very good at creating something fully out of nothing. All that to say, like, I think for me, when I was pulling back and as we were pulling back and not having as much social connections with people, I feel like that zapped me Mm -hmm. in a lot of those ways and, and probably you too. Even like, I mean, I think we, you know, we, we moved out here. We have this house that's a, a, you know, a much bigger space than we've had before. We love to host gatherings. And I think, you know, I just think back to where we were, where we just didn't even want to do that. Like we didn't want to have people over and make a good meal or put the thought into like. Put real pants on. <laughs> put real pants on. Clean our house. <laughs> no, I wanted to clean. I like having, I like hosting. Okay. I like hosting people because it gets us to clean our house and more of a deep clean, not just a pickup, but like an actual deep clean. Um, although I wish we had more time to super deep clean and nerd out on that. Yeah. Go clean co. That's, <laughs> that's an inspiration. Um, but I also, yeah, enjoy the conversations and I enjoy connecting with people over food. I think we've talked a lot about mm-hmm how much we all love food in this family and uh, just the different flavors. And uh, I think hosting people and, and gatherings to me is a space for where there can be a lot of creativity, you know, a, a pretty, you know, depending how you want to want to go with it. But I think, you know, you can kind of geek out on all kinds of aspects of that. Um, so I think sometimes even that little bit of effort and creativity to elevate Mm-hmm. the food a little bit or the ingredients you're using or something that just makes it feel a little special, potentially a little wow factor. You know, that's why I like smoking things. Cause even like smoking, you know, ribs or brisket or something, there's just sort of like, it's just not something you'd have every day too. So there's a little wow factor to it and people, and, and not just to be, okay. When I say that, it's not about like, Ooh, people think I'm cool, but I think people feel blessed when you take care of them. Cared like that. for. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that to me is the, the piece, like how do we, and, and that's something I think, you know, has lost 
a little like I had the desire for it before, but not the energy, the motivation, <laughs> the motivation to, yeah. to do the work. So I think that's been something we've, you know, we've, we've talked about being intentional with our gatherings. I think some, some other things I think about as, um, we've kind of been exploring creativity moving forward and, and having a clear head again, you know, for, for me, even things like doing some voice work, you know, I got onto voice one, two, three, which is a site where you can create a portfolio and people can, can book you to do commercials or different things. Um, I've created a portfolio. I've done some auditions. I haven't got booked for any yet, so I haven't made any money, but I've, you know, been, been able to carve out a little time to do those kinds of things. Um, you know, and some other voice work stuff, which is, you've been telling me for a long time, you should do some of that. You should. Yeah. And you have been doing it. And I've, it's made me happy to see that you're doing it because I know it's something you care about and are passionate about, and it gives you energy. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just an untapped voice waiting <laughs> to be discovered. Well, and, and maybe that'll be our retirement. I mean, you know, I just looking between now and the next like 20 years to, to finally build up a portfolio. Honest, <laughs> honestly, that's really my motivation is to make more cash. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it doesn't have to be right now, but we'll, we'll get there eventually. So, you know, so I've had a couple of those things that have just kind of got me fired up and going again. Um, you, uh, you, you made a reel on oh Instagram. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That and it was awesome. I think you know you. Corey you, Corey's <laughs> created a whole voiceover portfolio, and I have edited one one thirty second video on Instagram. It was really good though. Was it? Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So really funny. I was in an interview. I I was participating in an interview with um for a position. Uh trying to figure out how to say that to make it sound like I was not the interviewee. Wait. Yeah. You were helping to enter. You were helping facilitate an interview. Yes. Thank you. And this, the, this person was talking about their kind of creative pieces that they've done. They were talking about video editing and how they self-taught them. They self-taught themselves to edit videos. And they were talking about that. And I kind of said, oh, tell me more about that. Because I think hearing somebody talk about how they self-taught them, how they taught themselves something mm-hmm. um, shows a lot about their character and their drive. And uh, you can kind of pull out some bits of information there. But also I was personally curious yeah. too. Because um, we had similar skills. And so I... I just had said, like, you know, I've always been interested in photography and I really enjoy that art piece of it. And I really enjoy videography and um, the skills of shooting video, but also editing and uh, have always kind of the last. And I think partly because of you Mm -hmm. and your stuff you've done, you've inspired me, but wanted to kind of jump into that a little bit, but also this uh immediate fear of failure or it's not going to be good or i don't have five ten years of experience and so uh it's like i'm a like that imposter syndrome or it's just like all these emotions and thoughts come through my head um and so i've kind of always not done it or also the piece of if i'm posting stuff on instagram i'm doing it for likes and attention mm-hmm. and uh you know a couple of weeks ago you and i had a conversation about it and i was telling you 
And I said, I think I'm just going to make Instagram reels just solely for like what inspires me for myself. Uh, and so I've made like two Instagram reels. My very first one was of Everett skiing last winter. Oh yeah. Uh, and falling so many freaking times. And I made a reel about it and it was this voice. I forgot what the voiceover was. It was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so either my reels, so I decided that my reels will either be making fun of my children or, um, kind of just what inspires me. And so my, the one that I did was a trip that Chloe and I took with Nala, our dog up to a hardesty trailhead and just walked around, you know, we just, it was super easy, quick drive, but just kind of capturing. It's a beautiful fall day. It was cold and foggy and the landscape was gorgeous. And I just thought like Chloe was so cute and her dog so cute. It just was a fun when way you, to kind of capture that memory. Yeah, and, and I'll affirm that too. I mean, you you have such an eye, you know, for photography and, and video because you've, you've done lots of short little videos, just different things on your stories or whatnot. And, you know, I, I may be pretty good at video editing, but I can't, I'm not great at capturing moments the way you do. And, and what you do well with photography and video is capture those kind of candid moments or fun moments um, with the, like you capture the kids in all these different ways that are like, I'm like, man, how did you, how'd you get that? And I think people love seeing those kind of real authentic um, moments. And, and so I think that's the sweet spot of it. But then also we live in the Pacific Northwest, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, to capture just like some of that, that fall, actually what was fun is right after you did that video, I went on a run like a couple days later by the river. And as I was running, I was just like envisioning like all these great shots of all the, you know, the leaves changing mm-hmm. and the river. And I was like, Oh, Courtney could make a reel of this. Like see. I wasn't yeah. thinking about me making a video. I was thinking about you because I saw like how, you know, just the way you, you put those right shots together and, our next podcast episode should be just us giving compliments back and forth to each other. <laughs> That's a good idea. Be couples, uh, <laughs> couples. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I think, I think, yeah, it just was kind of jumping over that first hurdle of not letting these uh, thoughts that you're not good enough to prevent you from even trying. And I think that's kind of, a big step for a lot of people is thinking, Oh, I'm not Mm. good enough. I don't have the skills. I'm not creative. Um, but but like I said earlier in the episode, I think we were created to be creative human beings. And so, um, I think it's just taking that first step. So for me, it's like, I see a lot of those shots in my head, but I don't actually take the step to actually capture them and pull them to, or capture it. But Maybe I don't pull it all together. And so mm-hmm. that's that's something that I would definitely like to delve into. So if you see me post on Instagram Reels, <laughs> I'm not trying to do it for the likes. <laughs> you don't have to like it, but do watch it. You know, I well, and I think that's a good I think that's a great point though and piece of advice of like if you're interested interested in something creatively, like just go for it and do it, but do it just for you. Do it for you. Like yeah. don't you don't have to do it for other people and who cares what other people think you know, do it for you. And I, you know, I've, I've done some dumb things here and there, um, you know, that I did just because I thought it'd be funny to do. And, um, you know, and, and sometimes people like it or don't like it or whatever. Or they think you're serious when or, it's actually a big fat joke. Or, or they think I'm serious and it's a big fat joke. And, um, you know, and I look back on some of those things at times I'm like, Oh, that wasn't that, 
I don't think that was kind of stupid, but I don't regret it because I just was trying something out and, and going for it, you know? Uh, didn't you do like an influencer? Uh... <laughs> yes, that's exactly one of those things. Oh, that sorry. I'm like, I don't regret it, but it was, yeah. What I, was I mean, that? the, the, it... well, okay. Well, I will say I was, I kind of did a, for, yeah, probably like a month. I just was like making in, stories as if I was a great influencer. Oh, like, yeah. Hey, this is Corey. I'm going to, you know, I'm an influencer. And, you know, and I would always say how big of an influencer I was. You know, I did like an opening, box opening thing. What do you call that? Yeah, box opening. Box opening. Um, and, you know, so because I would listen. It came because I kept hearing you watch all these influencers. Hey, guys, this is so-and-so. And, you know, and, and I just was like, oh, it'd be funny to, you know, do a little parody of that or, you know, whatever. So, but what I learned is even to do the parody of it took a lot of work. And it made me, in a sense, even, as much as I get annoyed with some of those people, like appreciate how much work goes into all those videos and different yeah. things they do. Cause it really does, like they make it look like they're just talking and doing it, but there's actually a ton of, a ton of effort that, that goes into it. So, I learned something from it. So that's why I don't regret it. Even if I look back and I'm like, that wasn't that funny or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It's kind of stupid. I think all, all, all that to say, we're in a space where we're ready to, you know, ready to try things and, and put stuff out there. Is there anything else that you have on your like list of things that you're like, I want to do this, whether it's a home project or. Oh, I have lots of inspiration for you <laughs> to do. How mice. Um, always home projects. And, you know, that's a balance of also wanting to, uh, improve the space that we're living in and, uh, have it be a space where we feel comfortable and are happy. And, uh, you know, like, I'm even thinking like toilets, I keep running like Mm -hmm. those, like, you know, those types of things. things, Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Not like I want you know, marble counter. Well, I do want marble. But, but well, but we've talked about like looked at tile for the floors and gone like, what tile do we like? And there's an element of that of that's not just, it's not purely practical. It's also like, ooh, this would look really nice and yeah. feel really good. And you know, yeah. But there's just some like very practical things. But um, so there's some like very practical house projects. But I think it's always that balance of wanting. I personally am always wanting to improve everything. I think that's why um, sometimes I do well in my job is because I want to improve upon Mm. processes or I want to improve upon projects or I did something and I want another chance to do it to do it better. Um, And that can be a good motivator to keep you moving forward, but also can kind of create this uh, feeling of never being content Mm. and also wanting to be content in our house as it is. And that kind of loops back around to hosting is, yes, I would love to have our hardwood floors refinished. I'd love to have a couch that doesn't have dirt and dog (laughs) hair on it and kids spills. And, you know, I'd love like all these projects to make our house feel, to my opinion, what feels warm and comfortable and clean and, but is that am I wanting to do that because I'm not content and can I be content in the state of what we have now and not wait, not wait till everything's perfect to invite people in and yeah. have life together. And so well, I think that goes back a little bit to our mental health our self care conversation of like getting to a spot where you can go, 
yeah, I want to do these things, but I'm not going to worry about judgment or feel guilty, mm-hmm. allow myself to feel guilty for not doing them. Like I'm going to be okay yeah. moving forward. And and I, you know, even what you said, like one thing I heard that I like is the idea of let's do things that we're excited to do and passionate about, as opposed to maybe where we have been in the past at times of let's do it because we feel like we're supposed to, or we feel mm-hmm. guilty just because we haven't fixed this thing or changed this thing. Yeah. Like, but more, let's do it. Cause we're actually like, as we were looking at tile for the bathroom floors, I was like, Ooh, I got kind of excited and thinking about like how it would look, how it would feel. And as we talked about it, like, okay, that's feels doable. It doesn't sound that hard. Whereas like a lot of projects I'm like, Oh, well, that's going to be really hard. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I think there's ones that feel like, okay, it's more fun, like to dive into and try and it's, yeah, it can be exciting as opposed to like draining. Yeah. Any other things like it doesn't be home stuff, but other things like that you feel excited about or hopeful to do creatively. You know, when we talked about being feeling overwhelmed and stressed with in the past year with jobs and stuff and how it trickled into our personal life. Uh, I also found myself going through a season of doing graphic design work during my day job, but then also coming home eating dinner often I didn't make dinner because I was like Mm -hmm. you're on for dinner I can't do it and then jumping into graphic design side projects that I was doing um so I would you know I wasn't working you know 6 a.m to 2 a.m type situations but I was working you know 8 a.m till 5 come home and back on my computer between 6 and 7 till 10 or 11 at night and then going to sleep and doing it all over again. And it was extremely physically exhausting, Mm -hmm. but then just also just, even though I'm doing what people would consider creative work, it just felt like a lot of repetitive tasks and, uh, uh, just didn't keep me inspired. I think because it was the same type of what people would say would be creative work, but graphic design. Um, And so I think being in this kind of new headspace, I'm excited as I just feel like we have space to kind of let that trickle into other areas. And so like, like, um, you know, earlier this summer, Chloe did an Alice in Wonderland race with her friends where they like, it was like this, uh, kind of like amazing race where you go around the city kind of a scavenger hunt escape room and it was themed and Mm so her group was doing alice in wonder they're everybody's doing alice in wonderland but her group they kind of all pre-assigned stuff and chloe was the queen of hearts and she of course if anybody knows (laughs) chloe she's like i want to be the queen of hearts because i want to be in charge i want (laughs) to be the queen which is perfectly chloe uh, and so we made her like a homemade costume spent a ridiculous amount of money on supplies (laughs) But it was really fun. And you and I, I mean, she went just through a series of events. She was out at a birthday party with friends. And you and I made it the night before yeah, the you, race. You taught me how to make her, her you tutu. Made, you, tool. Corey, you guys, Corey <laughs> made a black and white tool. Black and red. Oh, yeah. Black and red tool skirt, like tutu for Chloe. I showed him how to do it. And he did it. And she's worn that costume like three or four times. And we yeah. made her like a crown out of playing cards and like a collar like a big collar out of large playing cards it was awesome it was a lot of hot glue and safety (laughs) pins but it's it held together and it made it through halloween but that was a kind of a fun project where we worked together to do it 
I sewed a little bit and, uh, you know, so it was a fun project, but it, but because I had space to mm-hmm. actually put some mental effort towards it and then also physical effort. And so I'm excited to kind of put some creative juices into other areas of my life, like working with, you know, helping the kids or, um, you know, even with Chloe has an upcoming ballet performance, uh, Adventures in Narnia, and you're helping with backstage and I'm I'm doing the makeup which I've done the last couple of years. Um, but never in my life did I think I would be doing stage makeup for 40 to 50, <laughs> 60 dancers. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of bizarre. And I'm doing like, I'm not doing like the character makeup, but I'm just helping do like um, the color for the cast, mm-hmm. uh, color makeup for the cast. Like they, I think they call it beauty makeup. And, I, and you're, but you're also innovating like you know yeah we're adjusting and changing and i'm watching tutorials on and i've been doing this for a couple years now but i've been i'm watching you know more tutorials on youtube videos to watch other makeup artists do um their makeup themselves and kind of learning good techniques that help you know color stay on and the makeup stay on but also what's going to look the best and so as you're doing makeup you're also having to think okay i have this dancer in front of me um their eye shapes different, their skin tones different from previous person. And so you're maybe replicating the same look of makeup, but you have to still approach it slightly different because everybody's different and what, you know, highlighting their natural features and stuff. So that's been kind of fun for me. Um, you know, just kind of getting inspiration from other makeup artists and just seeing the like creativity and the intricacies and in color mm-hmm. um, is something that I would have never really thought I would be inspired by. So. Yeah. I mean, you got to have creativity to do that. I mean, cause you could do it, you know, where you're just surviving, getting it done and doing the minimum. But what's the fun in that? Exactly. Well, even the costume thing, you know, going back to that, like we could have, we could have saved time, probably not money necessarily, but we could have just bought a costume for her and not time is money, but time is money. Yeah. And, but you know, so we probably didn't really save much because of the time, but we got to, I got to learn a new skill. Um, I think Chloe, I think Chloe has something in her that like, kind of like me and you, like she loves that we created it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a sense of pride for her that we, made that homemade for her Mm -hmm. and she's kind of showing it off so you know we wouldn't have done that a year ago and perks is if the voiceover stuff doesn't work (laughs) you can you Corey huffman can go into tutu making to be honest that was pretty fun i i I enjoy costume stuff so maybe that is a space i don't know make a (laughs) hundred more tutus and tell me what you think (laughs) okay yeah maybe not in mass produce but i would like to do maybe i'll do costume stuff with narnia in the future i don't know you could become the new costume mister. Mister, yeah. Okay. Well that's those are some good things. I um yeah, I'm getting excited. I'm getting I'm getting motivated. I'm getting inspired and ready to be creative. Uh okay, but like I said, I'm feeling inspired, which takes me to as we kind of wrap things up, you know, it's always fun to, you know, whenever recording to think about it in the moment, what or who is inspiring us right now that we want to share about and promote so other people can check out. So, you know, I'm, I'm inspired by my wife, Courtney. I'm inspired to 
to keep doing more episodes like we had planned a while ago. And I'm hoping that we can kind of keep this train rolling with some good topics. We'll see. Um, no, but seriously, one, well, that is serious, but, but one thing I do want to just kidding guys, just kidding. One thing I do want to promote though, that I think is really cool that inspired me last Christmas and hopefully will inspire Courtney and me this Christmas is a book called honest advent by Scott Erickson. So it's this really cool, um, easy to read book. That's basically a 25 day advent, um, devotional type deal with really cool art. So Scott Erickson is an artist. Um, he's on Instagram as at Scott, the painter. And, um, he says that he is a visual curator for spiritual thought. So he just kind of does like some provocative, you know, thought provoking things that are really cool and interesting. It's beautiful art. Um, and makes you just look at things and think about things a little bit, a little bit different. So I'd highly recommend that book. It's awesome. I read it last year. I want to go through it again. And I'm trying to challenge Courtney who doesn't really like to read physical books very often, um, to also read it. Uh, I just followed him on Instagram. Booyah. (laughs) Hopefully you're inspired. It's very, it's very cool. It's very cool. I'd recommend for a bit to do that. Um, and, and then one other one I'll throw out and then you can do any that you have is Antoine Bradford, who is a, uh, a singer, kind of a gospel alternative. I don't know. He, he, I forget how he lit, how he described it. It's very unique and different, but he's got a beautiful voice. He makes great music. We've gotten to spend time with him and his wife and they're just wonderful people. You can follow him at, at Antoine B music on, I think everything, Twitter and Instagram. And he's on Spotify and, um, just a really, really wonderful, wonderful music. So Antoine Bradford, check him out. What about you? I have, you know, this is kind of funny. It talks, we talked about hosting and mm-hmm. cooking food. We both, we both really enjoy cooking food. I, um, I lo- really like cooking and I like the, 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 uh, creative process of cooking yeah. and just the, uh, just kind of how you can relax in that and your end product is providing food for people and providing, you know, kind of a space. Um, but also I hate cooking on the daily of like what's for dinner. I have to, I have all these expectations. Like I have to provide nutritious full meals, all this stuff. And so obviously I'm going to therapy to work through these types (laughs) of things. Not really. I should, but, um, I have really been enjoying the Instagram account, the food nanny, and I've been following Mm. her for a while. And, uh, she really is talks about how important it is to cook for your families and provide, uh, nutritious meals for your families and, um, kind of this environment where people can come together and share a meal together, which is something that you and I firmly believe in and love to do. Um, but she's always talking about how it's easy. Like she, she's very bubbly personality, um, very, uh, infectious humor, laughs a lot. And so, but she's like, it's easy guys. Like it's just this and this and this and just throw it together and you've got a great meal. And so that's been kind of fun, but she does a lot of bread baking, which I love carbs and stuff. Yeah. And so just, uh, kind of inspiring me to want to c- continue to create fun, nutritious meals for my family, but also, you know, things that kind of create memories of 
I remember my mom always made this Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, just creating spaces for that. Awesome. Yeah, that's good. I feel like we could do a whole episode just on making, making dinners on the daily and food on the daily. We should actually (laughs) cancel this podcast and start the food huff. The food huff. Yeah. Or we could just do an episode on food and then see how it goes. Haven't we done that? Uh, I'll have to look back. I don't know if we did. We've talked about food on every episode for sure, but you know, maybe we can theme it up a little bit more. Yeah. Um, is that it? Do you have another one or is that it? That's a good one. No, that's, that's about it. That's enough. You're not overachieving like I am trying to. I mean, I could also talk about below deck inspiring me, but I've (laughs) kind of behind on episodes. And so. That's all right. Okay. Well, this was, it was good to, I mean, it was good to reconnect in this way. Obviously, we've been connected. It's not like we haven't seen each other, but good to, to podcast together. Our dog is starting to whine outside of this room, so that tells us it's time to wrap it up. So I'll remind people, you know, if you need graphic design work, you can hit up Courtney. Oh, my gosh, Corey. <laughs> or you can just follow her on Instagram and see some of her fun stuff, at Courtney Huffman, and check out her reels. I'm going to see if I can maybe get one of those on the Creative Huff, at the Creative Huff. Um, Instagram because we don't post many things on it. So we need something. Um, you can follow me at Corey at C Huffman 57 on Instagram. And um, yeah, if you need voice work, you, you know, you can always reach out to me on that. Hey, I'm just promoting, you know, people want to reach out. They know, they know where to find us. All right. Thanks for listening everybody. Hopefully we'll be back with a po- another podcast episode in less than 14 months. That's my, that's my goal. We'll see. All right, Courtney, I love you. I love you too, babe. And everybody else, see you later. Bye.